At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday we release these special episodes where we look back at content from our earlier years, sometimes single stories, sometimes whole episodes. Keep in mind that years ago, people might have worded things differently than they would today. As always, the title of the whole series, Risk, is itself a content warning. This week, a story that Christine Gentry first shared on the podcast in August of 2014. Here's Christine now with a story we call Bamboo. So I like to consider myself on the short list of good things to come out of Texas. And I know that uh, one of the last things you think about when you think of my home state is bamboo, but bear with me. I grew up on the poor side of a very large suburb of Dallas, and across the street from our house was this elementary school playground. And one corner of this playground had been completely taken over by bamboo forest. Inexplicably, it's like someone had brought home a bamboo plant, thought it was real cute to like plant it in their backyard, and because there are no pandas in Texas, the bamboo proliferated and just took over this entire corner of the playground, and the school had just let it do that. So to any like innocent bystander, they would look at this and be like, that's impenetrable. I would never go in there. It's like, I don't know if you've ever seen a bamboo forest, but the stalks grow very close to each other. So if you were to try to go in there, you'd clearly get scratched up, you get covered in ticks, which is true, by the way. You do get scratched up and covered in ticks if you do that. But my brothers and I, my two younger brothers and I, we knew that it was totally worth it. If you, if you push through for like 20, 30 seconds, you get, yeah, sure, you get scratched up, sure, sure. Like later in the shower, you find the ticks, you pick them out. But it was so worth it because then you would get spilled out into this gorgeous clearing and it was like perfectly circular. And I don't even know why, but for some reason, the bamboo didn't grow in this like 10 foot diameter circle in the middle of this bamboo forest. And this place was sacred to me and my brothers. Like when we played house, this was our living room. Uh, we played dinosaurs. We had my mom like boil hard boiled eggs and one of us would sit on them. And we'd like, we'd be like the mama dinosaur and the the other two would be going around like this like raptors you know like jurassic park <laughs> waiting for 
for the chance to like grab the grab the eggs, uh, and and I would play in there alone by myself all the time too. Like I like I loved Fern Gully. Thank you. And I would grab like a little twig, and I would pretend it was a little like forest dwelling animal, and it would be beep bop around the bamboo and like root for earthworms underneath rotting leaves and suck sap from stalks and whatnot. Unless you think this is um, elementary school behavior, let me assure you, this is me at 13. <laughs> Here, here are a couple other things you should probably know about me at 13. I was about the same height, but like 85 pounds, like soaking wet. My knees were always scratched up from like climbing trees or playing rough with my brothers. My favorite movie was Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> Heard a woo, thank you. Let's see if I get a woo for this one. Favorite musical artist, Barry Manilow. <laughs> What, no woo? Oh, a slight woo. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I was an egregiously late bloomer, like in case that's, that wasn't already clear from what you already know. Like my friends, they were, they were all growing boobs, they were wearing bras, and my chest was not only flat, it was concave. <laughs> I was the skipper doll of my class. And this brings me to the reigning king of the school bus, that yellow tube of torture. Cliff Landers was his name. I'll never forget Cliff Landers. And you know this dude, all right? This is the dude who has the Caesar haircut. It's so full of gel that if you move your hand too quickly close to it, it'll get cut, okay? And then he, sometimes he would spike it up into like this crown and he wore the like metal bead choker necklace. You know what I'm talking about. Cliff Landers' favorite game to play on the bus was the pube game. And the pube game involved everyone reaching into their pants, plucking a pube, laying it out in the seafoam green seat of his choice, and then the person with the longest pube wins. <laughs> now, I couldn't play this game. I pretended that I wasn't playing this game because it was disgusting, and it was disgusting. But of course, Cliff knew that I wasn't playing because I couldn't, and he made sure that everyone in the school bus knew that like, Christine can't play because Christine doesn't have pubes. <laughs> I fucking hated Cliff Landers, okay? And because we were poor, like the only clothes we ever wore were clothes that we bought from the thrift store, the like, local thrift store. And I didn't, honestly, I didn't know to be ashamed of this. I thought the thrift store was great. I loved this place. It was like a giant concrete box. And when you go in, it's just rows and rows and rows and rows of clothes, and it's like treasure hunting. Like you find something cool. And because this was Texas, like the owner had this chow chow that would just run around. <laughs> like he just let it run around the store and piss and shit everywhere. I loved this chow chow so much. And it would follow me as I was like looking for clothes. And I remember this one day I found this shirt and it was the perfect 80s find. It was beautiful. It was like off the shoulder, it was white, had like an eyelet action going on, puff sleeves. <laughs> and I brought it back to that dressing room and that's where the chow chow had its little bed. And I remember this moment, like me and the chow chow shared this moment, like looking at myself in the, in the mirror of this dressing room. And I was like, oh my God, like for the, for quite literally the first time in my life, I was like, I look pretty. Like, like this shirt makes me look pretty. 
And I was so excited to wear the shirt to school. And the next day I wore it and like my teachers were giving me compliments. They were like, Christine, you look so nice. And my friends were like, oh, you're so cute. And I walked onto the school bus that afternoon with my chin held high for the first time ever. Like nothing could bring me down from this like gorgeous shirt and this gorgeous day. And I'm walking down the aisle of the school bus and Cliff Lanner stands up and cuts me off in the aisle. My heart starts beating wildly. Like, there's no, there's no way that I'm about to have an interaction with Cliff Landers that isn't just horrible. <laughs> like, he's never said anything to me that isn't horrible. And the entire school bus is like, <gasps> whoa. And Cliff says, Christine, are you not wearing a bra with that shirt? And I was like, yeah, of course I am. I'm 13. Why wouldn't I be? He reaches out with both hands and says, no, you're not. Grabs the sleeves of the shirt and yanks it down. To prove to the entire school bus that not only was I not wearing a bra under that shirt, I wasn't wearing anything. And the entire school bus fills with this wave of laughter. And I pull up my shirt and I sink down into the seat closest to me and I clench my teeth so tight that it feels like my teeth are gonna explode out of my face because the last thing I ever want in my life is for Cliff fucking Landers to see me cry. And I hold my shirt like this, the entire school ride home. And when it pulls up to the corner of my house, I realize that that entire ride, this shame, had just been building up in me like boiling water, like rolling over on itself. And because it had nowhere to go, it was turning inward. And I was like, "How? who the fuck are you? To think that you were pretty? Like to think that the shirt made you pretty? Like you're not fucking pretty. Like you, you're a worthless, like boobless piece of shit. And, and, and I got off of that bus and I just started running toward this increasingly blurry patch of green that I knew was across from my house. And when I got to that bamboo forest, I just pushed through for that 20 seconds. And I spilled into this clearing and curled up into the fetal position and just sobbed. I sobbed myself to sleep to the sound of those like hollow stems knocking against each other. And by the time my mom called me in for dinner, I had this weird feeling that I was gonna be okay even though I didn't know why. And I told this story recently to a group of East New York, Brooklyn high school kids. And their first reaction was, one of the boys goes, yo, this story makes me want to fight a dude. (laughs) (laughs) One of the girls was like, for real? Like, what's this dude's number? Like, Give us his not like we need to talk. <laughs> and this other girl was like, right? Like New York ain't the yellow school bus, am I right? <laughs> and one of the girls, and I swear to God, this girl has not spoken word one in front of the class yet, and she raises her hand. I was like, yeah, yeah. What do you have to say? And she goes, all right. So, if you was to see him today, what would you do? And I thought about it and I was like, you know what? Like this, this incident totally haunted me in a very powerful way for many years. Like I was very self-conscious about my body. I didn't like grow in to myself as like a womanly figure or whatever until I was well into my 20s. Uh, but, but now I gotta say, like now I'm feeling all right. And I looked this dude up on Facebook. 
And I gotta say, I could take this chubby receding hairline Dallas area real estate broker (laughs) with one punch, blindfolded. Thank you. That's all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com.